God is good. Welcome, everybody, and all the time. Yeah, you know what? It's nice to have a response. <laughs> wow. You know, everybody out there, I can't hear you, so, uh, but welcome, welcome back. It is good to be together again as we look to the Lord and we come to his word. And so I invite everyone to stand with me as we hear the reading of the word for today. It is found in the book of Joshua, the 14th chapter, and we will read verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their inheritances were assigned by lot to the nine and a half tribes, as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted the two and a half tribes their inheritances east of the Jordan, but had not granted the Levites an inheritance among the rest. For the sons of Joseph had become two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. The Levites received no share of the land, but only towns to live in, with pasture lands for their flocks and herds. So the Israelites divided the land, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Today, we're going to be talking about the inheritance, your inheritance, if you will. Normally, when we think of an inheritance, what comes to mind? Well, we think somebody left it to, left it to us, so, so maybe somebody passed. But we also think of it in a rather passive frame of mind. It is something that just simply comes to us. We receive it. We might imagine how life will change if it's something substantial, or there will be no change because maybe it's not so substantial. But today we're going to consider inheritance in the book of Joshua. And in that context, where God is speaking to the people, he's trying to uh, help them to take possession of what was promised to Abraham those centuries before their time. They finally entered. They finally fought the battles and done a lot of the work that God had called them to. And yet, it wasn't quite complete. In the context of Joshua, we've been examining the book, its instruction, in light of our community and seeking to walk by faith into the promises of God. Think about that word for just a minute, promises. Often we receive promises, and we know that promises are only as good as the people who make them. And so God has given promises. What promises do you carry in your heart from the Lord? Think about those for just a minute. God gives us promises. Sometimes they're very personal. And sometimes we may be waiting, seemingly, our lifetime to see something realized. And yet, we wait. Because he who promised is faithful. Amen? We're going to cover a large section of the book of Joshua, chapters 13 through 21. We're not going to read them all, but there were a few themes that arise in this long passage of text. 
And we believe that they speak to us, to our situation as a community, also as individuals. And so as we, as we remember the promises of God, that God is faithful, how do we walk into those promises by faith and live with him? In this section of the book of Joshua, it's the division of the land. Each of the tribes is allotted a particular space. Together they make up the community of God's people. God says, here are the borders for you and for you and for you and for you. And so all of the borders, when we read through it, it it can seem rather long and tedious. On the other hand, if you're the receiver of that promise, it's kind of important. It is significant. And so they, they would have paid very careful attention to what was going on. The word that is used to describe this division of the land is inheritance. In fact, the word inheritance in the original language shows up more than 40 times in this text that we're looking at. And so they received an inheritance, a promise. How did they walk into it? How did they live into it? How did they receive it by faith? Becomes the question that we ask. And so I want to look at verses 1 and 2 as this is the initial apportioning of the inheritance. How was it divided? What what was the the, the process? And again, looking at verse 1, it says, Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. So we've got basically these three different power structures of Israel, if you will, all participating together. And I, I point this out because I think it's important that when we understand the promise, when we discern the inheritance, it's a matter of cooperation and working together. Joshua has been the head and the leader. Joshua didn't just say, okay, y'all, this is what you get. This is what you get. Nobody give me any, any, any flack about this. Eleazar is the priest. Hey, we hear the voice of God. Listen to us. Do what we tell you. No. Though he was in, he played a key role in, in the distribution, there was a cooperation. So you've got the military power. You've got the religious power. And you've actually, you've got the political power, if you will. You've got the heads of the tribes of Israel and the clans. The ones who are to see that justice is carried out, that the the peace and safety of the society go forward. And they're all coming together and working to allot this inheritance. So I, I say that to say it's cooperative. It's working together. It is everybody engaging to live into the promise of God. And then in verse 2, it says their inheritances were assigned by lot to the nine and a half tribes. By lot. Again, uh, this was prescribed by Moses in Numbers chapter 34, verses 17 and 18. It says, these are the names of the men who, to, who are to assign the land to you as an inheritance. Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and appoint a leader from each of the tribes. And so that, that took care of that. But also in verses 54 through 56, he said, 
have the priest cast lots to decide. Again, the connection to numbers, the connection to the promises they come out of Israel, they live in the promised land. Now, they're actually living according to that promise. They're walking into what God has told them to do. And they're doing it the way that God has commanded them to do it. They're casting the lots. And this is where the priest comes into play. Lord, let us know your will. And they throw these lots and it becomes uh, God's method of working through the people to give his answers. And so, again, I point this out to, to emphasize it is all a result of God's faithfulness. It is because God is walking with his people. It is because God is working on their behalf. And the same is true because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, what God did faithfully for his people at that point in time, God will do faithfully for us today. Amen? God is good? All the time? Amen? And and so this promise of God that we as a community are receiving, that God is going to do something new, that God is at work on our behalf, even though we may not see clearly sometimes, we believe and accept by faith that God has apportioned an inheritance for us. God has apportioned an inheritance for each family. God has apportioned an inheritance for each of us. And this word inheritance is such a, a deep, theologically loaded word. We don't have time to get into the New Testament. I mean, just look it up sometime and, and read. I mean, we all have our electronic Bibles now, right? So just punch in the word, inheritance, search, and, and go into the New Testament and just start reading through the scriptures. And, and then let me know if your socks aren't blessed off. You know, it, it'll just, it's wonderful. So I encourage you to do that. But as we begin looking through the broader portion of text. One of the things that we see is inheritance is both gift and work, or gift and task, if you prefer that word. We don't like the word work too much. But gift and task, gift and work. When we think of inheritance, as mentioned earlier, we think of simply receiving something. But inheritance in Joshua carries with it a different connotation. It carries a connotation that something more has to be done. It wasn't simply walk in and it's yours. Remember, it was go in, fight for it, possess it, work it, make it happen. So even though there was a promise, there was still a participation by the people of God. And often, God is working in that way among us. I often hesitate to pray certain prayers because I'm afraid God might ask me to be the answer to those prayers. You know, so when we pray, we are, are we, am I willing to be the answer to that prayer? I pray for God to help someone and then I say, hey, I prayed for you. (laughs) You know, that, prayer is a a powerful and somewhat tricky thing sometimes. And yet, this is how inheritance is working here. Here you go. We think of Caleb's inheritance. We talked about Caleb. uh, Pastor Soon talked about Caleb last week. And Caleb, in, in chapter 14, verse 12, 
goes to Joshua, and this is what he says. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there, in their, and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Caleb looks back to that time when he went and, and, and looked in the land with Joshua and the other ten spies. And they saw these people who dwelt there. And Caleb says, we can take them. Come on, let's go. We can do it. But the other people said, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And our eyes too. We don't have what it takes to conquer these people. And we know that the ten spies influenced the hearts of the people so that they all became fearful and consequently weren't allowed to go in. But it's interesting that in chapter 15, when Caleb actually engages the Anakites and defeats them in chapter 15, verses uh, 14 and 15, it says, from Hebron, Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites, Shishai, Ahiman, and Talmai, descendants of Anak. From there, he marched against the people living in Debur, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. Now, what's happening? We see Caleb is given an inheritance. Okay, you want the inheritance? Blessings, it's yours. I give it to you. But he wasn't able to just say, okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. Anytime, God, any day. Well, what's going on? God said, get off your duff and go get your promise. Go get the land. You have to engage in order for this to happen. And I find it just, what's the word I want to use? An irony that the Anakites that caused everyone else to fear, but Caleb said, we can do this. God gives Caleb the opportunity to go and defeat that very enemy that struck fear into the hearts of the people. He said, we can do this in the past. And now it's like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Go do this. And he does. And he receives his inheritance. The tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh in chapter 16 and 17, they were were a bunch of people. And they, they come to Joshua and they say, man, our land is too small. We want more. We need more to hold all of us. And so, after a bunch of discourse, Joshua says, great, you can have this country as well. And the children of Ephraim and Manasseh come back and they basically say something to the effect of, oh man, those people, they are fighters. They are military geniuses. They have iron chariots. Don't give us that land. Give us something else. We don't want to fight for it. We don't want to take possession of it. We don't really, we want it, but we want it for free. We don't want any effort. Just make our life easy. Boy, how many of us have prayed that prayer? Lord, just make my life easy. Often that does not get answered as we hope it will. And yet, this is what Joshua says to, to the people. Joshua said to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, you are numerous and very powerful. You will have not only one allotment, 
but the forested hill country as well. Clear it, and its furthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites have iron chariots and though they are strong, you can drive them out. You can drive them out. You have to participate in what is happening. They are given the land, but they have to participate in receiving the inheritance. God gives the inheritance, but he also uses people as his tools for the realization of the promise of the inheritance and calls for our participation. Another theme that we see, inheritance as belonging. Inheritance is belonging. Inheritance means that everybody has a place. Okay, those of you who are watching online, I hope you're with somebody. Look at that person that you're with. Everybody here, look around at one another. You know, the, everybody belongs. Doesn't matter what they look like, what they sound like. You know, it doesn't matter our hair or lack thereof. It doesn't matter what, you know, how tall we are. How, everybody belongs. And that's, that's kind of a message that, that I get when God is talking about inheritance here. Everybody has a place. Everybody gets to have that sense of, I'm here with everybody else. And it's good. The daughters of Zelophehad had received an inheritance. In chapter 17, verses 3 through 6, we find their story. Um, but they remind Joshua of the promise God made them in Numbers chapter 27, verses 1 through 11. And I'm just going to briefly reiterate that story. Um, so Zelophehad their father died, there were no sons. And these sisters go to Moses and say, it's not fair that my father's descendants don't get any land simply because he only had daughters. And Moses goes before God, and God says, they're right. Now, this is in a patriarchal ancient society. And God says, no, 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 no. The ladies belong just as much as the men. Everybody belongs. Everybody is a part. Their father died. It didn't matter. It was granted by God. No one was left out. They reminded Joshua of the promise. Joshua said, that's right. And they received an inheritance. Everybody receives an inheritance. Turn to somebody and say, you receive an inheritance. Now follow that up with saying, now go get it. <laughs> we see not only do the daughters of had get in, but also the leaders. We see the stories of Joshua and Caleb. We've already talked about Caleb and, and his inheritance of Hebron and how he went and took that. Joshua is the last one. You would think as the military leader, as the hero of the people, you know, he might have gotten first pick of the land. 
But it wasn't until everything else was divided that Joshua was given his inheritance. We find this uh, in chapter 19, verses 49 and 50, where it says, When they had finished dividing the land into its allotted portions, the Israelites gave Joshua son of Nun an inheritance among them as the Lord had commanded. See, we often like to set leaders, Pastor Simon, apart. Well, they're different from the rest of us. They're, they're, they're on their own. They take care of themselves. And yet we see the community coming together to take care of Caleb, coming together to take care of Joshua. The leaders are a part of the community. Without the community, who are they leading? And to what end? And so again, everybody has a place. Everybody belongs. The Levites, it's, another, it's just another group. Levites were from uh, you know, Aaron, Moses, the priesthood. They all come from the tribe of Levi. And they were given no territory for their tribal clans. They didn't receive it. Why? Let's read about them for just a minute. Chapter 13, verse 14 says this, But to the tribe of Levi he gave no inheritance, since the offerings made by fire to the Lord, the God of Israel, are their inheritance, as he promised them. So serving God by making the sacrifices are their inheritance. Go to chapter 13, verse 33. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance, as he promised. God himself was their inheritance. Chapter 18, verse 7. The Levites, however, do not get a portion among you because the priestly service of the Lord is their inheritance. So they didn't get, a, they, they didn't get their own special location. What did they get? In chapter 21, verse 3, it says, So as the Lord had commanded, the Israelites gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own inheritance. So each tribe then gives towns, lands, pasture lands to the Levites so that they could dwell among the people. So they also were given a place to belong in the inheritance of God's people. Whether it was the hill country, the mountains, the plains, no matter the location, everybody has a place, and together they form the community. Finally, think about inheritance as God with us. Inheritance as God with us. As we've just noted, the Levites had no land, but still they had a place, and that place was among the people. They're given cities and pasture lands in each tribe. Chapter 20 talks about cities of refuge. Moses had said we need to have cities of refuge. What is a city of refuge? It was a place where if someone accidentally killed someone else, remember the law says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? So if someone kills someone, what is to happen to that person? The punishment would be death. So how can you avoid that? It was an accident. 
So God made these cities of refuge that were places that someone could go to and find safe haven. They could go and present their case to the elders of the city and find protection. It was an accident. So what we see really is God's mercy and justice finding a place together in these cities of refuge. What we see is God's presence among all the tribes through his presence of the Levites among all the people. Chapter 21 actually names the towns that the Levites receive in each tribe. And we see there that all of the cities of refuge are occupied by the Levites. So they were also responsible for being examples of God's holiness, God's mercy, God's love among the people all the time. And so the, our inheritance is God with us. We say, Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you until the end of time. That is our inheritance. Amen? God is good all the time. Yes, and we remember that God is our inheritance. And we receive it by faith and live into that promise. So what do we as a community do? How do we receive our inheritance? First, we remember that all we receive is grace, a gift, an inheritance from God. We have to, we need to remember every good and perfect gift, as James tells us, comes from above, from the Father of heavenly lights. Do you have anything good in your life? Anything? Yeah. We are receiving our inheritance. Thank you, God, for this good thing. Receive the inheritance by faith and engage in the work. Okay. This is, this is an uncalled-for plug. But we just put up a sign for volunteers for coming back to, together to worship as a community, right? Yeah. Engage. Do the work to build community, to receive that inheritance. We all need to participate. We all need to help out. And so look and see what we might be able to do. Let's engage in the work. God uses us as his tools to bring the promise into reality. Thirdly, I would say accept and encourage. By that, meaning we are all a part of one another. Like the New Testament imagery of a body or a building, the Old Testament imagery of the territories of everybody belonging to be one. Let's accept one another. And let's practice words of encouragement. So again, for those of you who are watching online, think of those people that are around you. And before the end of the day, think of a word of encouragement you can share with that person. Those of us here, think of a way that we can just share a word of encouragement with somebody here today before we leave. And finally, in trust. 
Know that God is with us, come what may. We are praying and saying, God, we want the inheritance that's just down the street. That, that, that's what we're praying for, God. We're, what do we have to do to make that a reality? We're, we're asking. And God, let us know. In the end, whatever happens, we know that God is with us. Whether it's there or whether God directs our inheritance another direction. I'm praying for this one. But come what may, we believe that God is with us, amen? And God is watching out for us.